Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reed podcast. My good friend, Mr. Jack Hatcher, is back. For... Hello. Well, yeah, welcome, buddy. But hang on, I've counted this. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is your seventh appearance. Seven Chaos Emeralds, seven appearances. <laughs> I love it. So there's a couple of things. Okay, so this will be episode 228. Damn. I think, yeah, maybe. And you were on. <laughs> and I count episode four, episode 18, episode 19, episode 74, episode 123, episode 166. <laughs> I like and that. There's an even spread. That, uh, something even more interesting. I think you're my only guest that I've had on the show every single year of the podcast. So I had you in oh. 2020, 2021, 2022, and now, of course, 2023. I love that. I, I was literally saying to my partner before we started recording, like, Something I love about my appearances on this show <laughs> is it's documented so much from like my channel growing during the COVID times oh, yeah. to, you know, starting my job at Sega to like a year into that and launching Frontiers and stuff like that. So it's it, it's captured some of the, the finer points of my life, really, which is a good friend great. of mine. I've said this on the show before. Um, shout out to Childish Jacko. He... Um, said when i began this that like it's a time capsule you know and i i never thought about that because i like sometimes I'll, I'll obviously look back and look at old episodes and to be honest i just cringe at my old stuff I'm like oh <laughs> Same. but but it's cool like checking in with people and seeing how people are progressing and stuff and obviously i keep tabs on you anyway just like as friends yeah and yeah i mean you've been doing a lot with with sega some pretty big stuff um yeah Walk, walk us through some of the sort of biggest developments since the last time we spoke. I mean, as with all of these things, um, I am under uh, fucking NDAs. Man. Uh, NDAs. I know all about that from acting as well. Like, I just signed a contract for something the other day, and I was looking at it, and I was like, "Wow, I just can't talk about this at all." Great, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. So, obviously, I have to keep specifics mm -hmm. under wraps. But we we launched Sonic Frontiers last year, and I played a big part in taking that to game shows around the world. So um, whether I was physically there or I was the person who installed that code onto the drive that was then taken across oceans, you know, I, I had involvement in it. And that was that was really cool. And it was a long old process. And at the end of it, after all the work that we put in for it to be the highest rated 3D Sonic game, in the past 20 years wow just phenomenal and seeing the feedback seeing how much people are enjoying this game um the response to the dlc that we've been putting out for it the free dlc uh, has, it's, it's just the whole journey has been so rewarding so fulfilling um i absolutely loved every second of it and then of course we launched sonic origins plus on Sonic's birthday, July 23rd, uh, sorry, June 23rd. I will lose my Sonic card for that. And that was awesome. Great to have Amy Rose playable in the classic games. So that was a really nice launch. I've had Sonic Prime come out, which has done ridiculously well on Netflix. It's just had its second season come out. It's getting very good reviews on that. And, you know, there's we've got Sonic Superstars coming this year. I'm, I'm not exactly sure when that is, but... That looks to be a really exciting new adventure. So 
there's there's so much in the pipeline for Sonic at the moment, and I actually don't really get to know as much of it as I would like <laughs> at all because it's all very secretive. But you know, I the, the stuff that I get to be involved in as always makes me really happy. Always brings a, a tear to my eye in a joyful way. So yeah, one one thing I'd like to really know is how you sort of came into these opportunities because obviously when you first started and you got this job they were obviously well aware that you're a big fan but you know presumably most people working for sega are to some extent like fans of the product or whatever or have like yeah. some sort of interest right but you're like a die-hard sonic fan like i can attest yeah. to this you know you were like that at school you go <laughs> on and on and on about fucking shadow the hedgehog so believe me guys he's always been going on about this <laughs> you can see behind me right here yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> but no but like you know all jokes aside you are the perfect sort of person to be working in a job like this but from a business standpoint i wonder can you walk us through the journey of like how you started getting these opportunities um like did you have to like for instance throw yourself forward or was it like you know, they just sort of track your work and occasionally they sort of test you with something new, like put a bit more responsibility on your on your, uh, on your plate. So talk us through that and also like how your role has changed since you began with the company. So obviously, again, I can't go into too many. <laughs> what can you tell me, Jack? But sake. what I can tell you, I, I shall. <laughs> so I, I, I said this before, Sega really don't make you stay in your lane. Um, if you express an interest in something or a passion in something, you can ask to to be involved in it in some way. We have so many different groups and workshops and things like that at Sega. And you're really given opportunities. Now, with me working in IT, we support the game events. Mm -hmm. So uh, things like uh, TwitchCon, uh, Gamescom coming up, um, EGX, Comic Con, if we have stuff there, Paris Games Week, we as the IT department will support that and we will uh, have someone go to these events uh, with the, you know, to support the team basically, to, to help them do what needs to be done at the events. Um, and I was put on events where Sonic was being taken. Um, I loved every second of it it all actually started me going to twitchcon amsterdam last year in which we didn't oh, take cool. any sonic games but uh, we were you know we took total war and the two point games and endless dungeon and things like that really really good event and from there the uh, events later in the year came where sonic was being shown with sonic frontiers and i i just made it very well known to the team that were dealing with sonic frontiers like i i I'm so dedicated to this. I'm so passionate about this. Um, you know, I, I was so thankful to be able to play my part in it. So I kind of, I got that involvement natively through my position, but I made it very well known from that point. Like if there's Sonic stuff to be done. I want it from an IT perspective, I want to be doing it. And I've been very fortunate that I have been able to be involved with most of the showcasing of Frontiers last year. So it really just, yeah, they don't make you stay in your lane. It's a fantastic company to work for. It really is. They they really do realize the potential in people and, and let them explore that. And I think that's something that's so important in an employer mm. these days. And it's helping me live my dreams to a large degree. So I really, I can't complain there. 
I'm very happy for you, man. I, I was stoked when I found out that you were working for Sega, and then now to be working on Sonic, like programming, games, merchandise, you name it. Like it's it's cool. That, like uh, so, I'm in an interesting spot now where yeah. like I'm pursuing my dreams, but like you know, I'm not like at the you know level I want to be, but. There's been some significant strides, so I'll hold my hands up and say I'm I'm very yeah. grateful, I'm not complaining <laughs> by any means. But for a long, the longest time, I've obviously sort of been, you know, sitting in the arena watching everyone else sort of make it, and you know, went through a range of emotions with that. And I've sort of settled on like, you know, just keep doing your thing and congratulate everybody else, and you move on, right? But that doesn't make it any of this difficult. <laughs> anyway, it's. Also, the other side of that is it's a source of motivation because I look at where you started and where you are now and it's like, it's just hard work and grafting and never giving up. I mean, this kind of started, what, we're we talking like 2018, 2019? Around, probably around the yeah. time that the Sonic, the first Sonic movie came into... Yeah, it, it was about a year before that that I was seriously making Sonic content. Like, yeah, this right. But it was like that was like like a like a quite a monumental. Yeah, moment. that was so, the big moment. Right. So you track it back. That's what like four or five years. Yeah. Of doing this and like the, here we here we are now. You know, and it's like I think about this a lot because I've just reached uh, about five years acting. Yeah, and you know. I think if nothing else, probably the biggest lesson is like over time you get better. Do you know? Yeah, I'm sure you I'm sure you notice the same like with your content, with your work, like yeah. everything gets better over time because you get better, you grow, you learn. So let's explore that for a second. Like what what's maybe the biggest sort of lessons you've learned through your work so far and your content creation and everything? Okay, Uncle Hatcher coming out here. So hey. I think you really have to hone your craft. You have to do the hard work. And I don't want this to sound in a way like, oh, yeah, hard work and, and you can achieve anything because you need a bit of luck in the world as well. <laughs> um, and I know that some a lot of people don't get that luck and they struggle and they keep grafting and they just don't seem to get anywhere. But the one thing I will say is it's, it's extremely difficult. Uh, sorry. It's extremely easy to get down on yourself mm. to particularly when you can see other people being successful and to ride on yourself and just think you're not doing enough. But honestly, mate, like I, I made a lot of mistakes to get here. Okay. And I did not have things figured out. I only fell into it at the age of 27 I was 27, 28. I was just doing mundane office jobs, kind of not never, never the same role consistently, just mundane filling the, the office worker here. And it was only in the last time that I did that, I took a, an accounting role at a job, at a company called Escape Technology, who a fantastic company. And it got to the point where I was just like, this isn't me. And I was very interested in being a computer engineer because I was very friendly with the computer engineers there and loved what they were doing and had a real interest in it. And yeah, that was 27, 28. And that's when I started doing it. And then about a year on from there, 
um, due to the company relocating um, and I, you know, getting in touch with Sega, I moved into an IT position at Sega and then, you know, I've just turned 30, but this is, as you said, this isn't the longest journey I've been on so far that we're only talking probably about five years of this real focus of knowing what I wanted to do and trying to make something out of it. It, you don't have to have it all figured out. And I think particularly for people our age, we think like by 30, you have to have it figured out. And you know what? It's not the case. It's really not like, particularly if you look at things like, how the economy is and things like that, you know, buying, sure. buying a house and things like that. We, if you're living with parents, if you're still just flowing through life and you're trying to figure out what you want to do, it's okay. It's really this perception that we put on ourselves that we have to have it all figured out is from the generation before us who had it slightly easier than we did. And from ourselves, and we just we just got to dispel it because it's okay to not know everything you want to do in life. There's time. There's still time. I concur with this. I mean, everyone knows my story, but I'll just kind of rehash it real quick. Like, I think the point at which I knew what I wanted to do with my life, and this has actually shifted when I look back, I actually started acting in in 2019 so it's like what i would have been 26 maybe 27 ish right yep. and but it didn't like when i look back like i fell in love with acting but i didn't know that was what i was going to do because i was doing like loads of things like youtube streams music whatever like just kind of getting back into creative stuff again yeah after so many years of being away from it and and like yourself i had loads of different jobs i did marketing for several years you know i did customer service roles you name it and you know i'm still doing bits and pieces jobs here and there just to kind of make ends meet now but things are much more clearer where the goals are concerned like now it's like acting that's the goal that's the aim and everything else is secondary I, i still put the same level of effort into everything but like you know, I've so, I've said this to my audience as well. Like, if I get that opportunity, if it comes, best believe I'm gonna have to make some sacrifices, yeah. and it's not gonna be easy. But you know, isn't I, that the thing in the end? Like, if you yes. didn't give it your all, if you even even if you don't succeed, if you didn't give it your all, mm-hmm. how are you gonna feel about yourself at the end of end of things that's when you're the, looking back at your life? That's the thing I'm terrified about. Yeah, I, it, I, it I'd, I'd rather. Me. Yeah, I'd rather you know go through life bust my ass and be a complete failure yeah. but no i gave it my all then sit there in years from now having played the easy route and go oh but what if what if yeah. maybe i could have been spectacular exactly yeah. i've said for the longest time one day i will voice sonic in something i think it's gonna right? happen it's gonna happen it, at some it point it may not it really may no, not no and if it no, doesn't listen. that's okay but i'm gonna give everything every fiber of my being to get to that position i bet you a tenner it's gonna happen i i hope right. so man and when it and when it happens hopefully by that point i'll have a physical version of the show right yeah and you'll come on and you'll present me the 10 pound note like that like in, yep. <laughs> like, that's like, fine. yeah <laughs> so there you go yeah there's a wager i'll complete it down for that <laughs> beautiful show 
I, I can honestly see it. Like I, and you know, here's the thing as well. Um, I think it's important to reset like realistic goals. That like, one thing I've I've seen a lot. Uh, that there's a guy called Chris Van Vliet who, in, in the wrestling industry, is like a an interview. He's done like big interviews for like celebs around the world. Anyway, okay. one thing that he always says is vague goals get vague results. Yeah. And I used to kind of be like, eh, well, I don't know about that. And then I started sitting and thinking about it in the context of what I'm doing. And I was like, no, he's maybe he's onto something here. So like my my main goal, and I've said this before, but I'll say it here, is to be a full-time actor. Yes. You know, like I want to be in a position where I do acting full-time as, as a job or I have like enough projects that I can live on it. Yeah. And then... Ideally, I'd be able to still keep doing the podcast, live streaming, all the other things I love doing. Um, but of course, it depends how it works out. Because as I mentioned before, with sacrifice, you know, there's always going to be certain things, be it sacrificing time, sacrificing money, sacrificing time away from like loved ones, whatever. It takes a lot of you. Like both of us right now, still actively putting a lot of time and effort into things all the time yeah. um stuff that you don't see behind the scenes you know creation of content takes a lot you know like when this podcast it, yeah. is done I'll, I'll be sitting down and editing it and and that's time and it's and i'm happy to do it but it's like it's always a sacrifice completely and i think this is something that you know if my subscribers are watching this from you know playing in the discord and that what's up patching empire um i like i really haven't been producing content recently and mm. that's because I'm so busy with work. Like people don't understand and, and don't take this as a thing of like, oh, say you're overworking because it's not the case at all. Like I love my work. I, I, I want to put the best I can into it because everything I do, I think in the back of my head, in some way, this impacts Sonic. And it does in the weirdest way. So say someone can't access a file because of something I needed to fix. Mm -hmm. That file then could lead to a delay in getting to someone else who needed some information from that, that then could go down the line. In some way, it messes with the flow of the company and it can therefore mess with the flow of my blue boy. So I put so much into it and so much hard work. And then I'm trying to balance, you know, my relationship at the same time. And it's, it's really difficult it's really difficult to find that time. And I love what I'm doing with life right now. Um, oh, and, and obviously with my, my DJing as well, right, like, yeah. that's just getting bigger and bigger, um, big Congrats. ups voodoo and, and face down, you know, come see, come see me play one time. If you listen to this, you're in London, you like the pop punk. I'm still waiting to get you down for one point. I'm definitely going to put you on, on the list for it. I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to have fun. you down for it, man. You got nothing the metal nothing, upstairs. Pop nothing, nothing like two two old thirty year olds that you know. <laughs> I go, yeah. You know, that was that was me last night. I was in I was in a heavy metal bar. Love and it. It's I realized this actually. Uh, like I met a bunch of people and and we're like singing like crazy and starting to pit and everything. And I'm like, damn man, I haven't done this in so many years. Like there was so many years that I just wasn't being me. I don't know. It's weird yeah. to say. It's weird, but like I did it. I took like three or four years out at one point. Crazy, and I missed it so much. I th I think we need that. 
it is humans and that human interaction yeah. in a in a comfort zone like because music is just so beautiful like that it's such a blanket for people to just i'm in my happy place i've got my songs like nothing else matters and that human interaction with it is so special you know what's interesting as well like i hear these songs like for example i there was like a request hour right okay so i was putting in all these different requests and i requested uh kill switch engage my curse right? what a tune right and i was thinking like about because every time i hear that song i'm immediately you know 14 again and on the bus or school or whatever and i yeah. remember how i felt at the time how life was at the time like i can picture it perfectly in my mind and the feeling and, and everything and now it's a very different feeling because you always have that but now you're you know out and about with other people who grew up listening to that song or <laughs> maybe they're younger and like they didn't so to them it's like oh this is an oldie and i'm like what the fuck how is kill switch an oldie but that's the that's a kind of is that's, now if you think about it that's the weird thing yeah oh my we're god we're getting old man uh, we are getting fuck. old i can't think accept it. <laughs> think mid-2000s those Dude. those iconic blink songs were coming out it just it doesn't Wait, feel that old. long ago it really no, doesn't but it was <laughs> <laughs> that's a scary thing Shh. like if you think <laughs> how we were when we were like if you think of those mid-2000s eras yeah right Think of what 80s music was then. Yeah, no, I think about this It's the lot. same difference mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. That's different. You, you go, I mean, I'm not formulating words very well right now, but you get no, my point. No, no, like, no, it's no, just... no. I totally get that. It's like, crazy. When our parents were going on about, like, assuming they were on the younger end, they would talk about the 80s, like, oh, wow, and get all nostalgic. And I, don't get me wrong, I, always, I love everything about the 80s. And um, it's like one of those eternally cool eras. And now looking back, and it's interesting because... I think there is a tendency to look f- at things with rose-tinted glasses and you know, there's nostalgia. Yeah. But when I look back, like I genuinely think that the 2000s was like the last good era. Like <laughs> I don't know, culturally, I just feel like there was the right amount of technology, and after that, it kind of just went all downhill. And now it's a bit, you know. I kind of get what you mean. Um... Like I don't know, it's it's weird. Like there's a but, lot that I'm thankful for now, but then there's other stuff that I'm like, like all this AI sh- shit, for example, and how it's threatening so many different industries. Yeah, you know, it's it's a very crazy time right now, and I don't know. And look at look at how we began the decade. Yeah, you know, we were all making jokes about 2020 vision, and oh, it's gonna, you know, the roaring twenties again, and all this, and then fucking massive worldwide pandemic which okay fair enough no one could have foreseen that but it's and now we're in this space where i don't know it's it's a weird it's a weird time it's a weird time i think we're in probably the most chaotic time Mm. we've been as a species um not and and, okay before i start talking about this let's just preface (laughs) like i am not a scientist really I'm not i'm i'm not no i'm no, not professor trained. hatcher no, <laughs> no professor hatcher, okay i have no uh inside knowledge or anything so you can tell me i'm an idiot i'm not qualified but i feel we're just <laughs> kind of at a breaking point with humanity i think we're so focused on what separates us and not why we are the same mm. i think if you look at the look at look at the voting for instance right in the in this 
this country, for instance, in the UK. Ooh, politics. Mm-hmm. Politics, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be political about it, but politics. It's pretty much a 50-50 split. No, it's not. No, no, <laughs> That's look a at the lie. Phone. What was the last result? Was it 53%, 47 Are you talking about Brexit? I'm, I've, okay. Brexit was, Brexit was very... Different. 50 50 but then when you look at the general like labor versus tory each general election there's not masses and masses it it, it depends it depends on depends but because uh, there's been times when it's shifted greatly like don't forget like remember when we were growing up obviously labor was in power yep and they'd gotten in in like 97 i think yep and that had been after like and this is how weird and how cyclical things are. So yeah. it was a good Tory cycle, wasn't it? Before, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. The Tories, this, and this is what amazes me that like people's memories, people forget. Like, so the Tories were in, I think, like the beginning of the eighties, right through until yeah, like mid nineties. Yeah, and then Labour got in, and you know, people had had enough, and now we're kind of we've had same again about fifteen years give or take or 13 14 years of tories and now and people are fed up again yeah, yeah. and it, probably this is what i mean because it also kind of works into that cycles thing it's like this side that people have set up these i am this side you're that side i hate all that it doesn't work anymore because it's too it's two very large groups of people and if one is completely represented the other isn't and it's all about what separates us. There needs to be a bit more coming together, sitting around a table, saying, actually, we have this in common. We have these interests in common. I just feel like we're so divided. As And this isn't, I'm talking on a general bigger scope outside of the UK. Yeah. As, as a species, we're so divided. And we just, we've got to start coming together a bit more. Compromising. Not saying I'm not saying compromising on atrocities and things that are wrong with things like that. Mm-hmm. That's an extreme. Just having a conversation, just trying not to be so against each other, because everything's at breaking point, man. You can't go anywhere online without people arguing about something. It's like that anime that was trending a while back. You know the one where it's like I have no enemies and people are doing all these different videos about it, and it's like, yep. As much as it was a fun trend, at the same time, there's an element of truth in that. I think there are many people out there that, you know, like I've always been that. I hate fighting. I hate confrontation. Yeah. Same. You know. Absolutely same. Like I don't, I don't mind when people dislike me or hate me because I understand that they're hating themselves by doing so. They're, they're in pain. Like, do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, they're holding on to negative feelings yeah and and like i i want us all to be okay even the people that maybe i don't like i still want them to be okay yeah because i look at the the fact that like being a human is difficult it's lonely it's hard it's unrelenting when you don't have someone by your side it's it's very it's very tough you know like i've i've been single now for quite a few years and i don't tend to talk about this much but i will say when I've discussed themes of loneliness and stuff like that, I do notice how tricky it gets when you don't have someone by your side and you're left to kind of deal with stuff and that spiral that you can sometimes go down. Now I found a way to kind of deal with that, but at the same time, that doesn't make it any, any easier, you know? Yeah, of course. I know to like avoid certain things 
you know obviously like don't go drinking when you feel that way for example yes stuff yeah, like that course. but like at the same time that feeling's still there yeah and it's do you know what i mean like we need that togetherness we need um the company of others for so many yeah. reasons but i think even even like if you're an introvert like i'm an introvert and i i love my own time and space and stuff but like for oh, man do i love the company of other people as well like of course man. interesting balance i mean like that's why i'm i'm very lucky to have my partner jess she really is my my rock with everything you know whether it come for you if if i thank you i really appreciate it like, like if i upload a video she's the first person to watch like comment if oh. i'm djing she is by my side being my hype man the entire time um like for, for yeah, this week we uh we we had what we call a sample sale at sega where um the licensing department when they get samples from different merch that's made they they sell it also to people in the company mm. um for, and it all goes to charity it's a really really nice, oh, nice um thing and you know i went and spent a bit of money on a fair few items a lot a lot yeah not as bad as i did at the last one but i i'm just looking at some of it now like you're oh, just looking at it like i don't know if i can justify this yep pretty much and so <laughs> she came and met me at the office to help me drag all these bags home oh. and so like she's just she's the absolute best but what i will say about the point you are making is nobody ever in the history of mankind or humankind sorry i don't i don't want to yeah <laughs> humankind has ever asked for this mm. no one has ever asked for their existence i didn't ask to be born no but no <laughs> one did it's true and I'm not being funny. I don't want to sound really depressing here, but no, how many people, if given the option, right at this point would say, okay, no, reverse it. I, I, I would rather not have gone through this because life is work. Life is not easy. Unless you're born into, you know, uh, a, a trust fund with, you know, never have to worry about anything financially for the rest of your life. It is a struggle otherwise see how many people would thanos themselves this is where i'm like the total opposite i'm i am as well i believe nothing worth doing is easy that's the thing like i look at life and and some of the things i've gone through throughout the years and even the things i deal with today and then i look at the things that give me happiness that bring me joy in life and the balance between the two. And do you know, I don't know if I've actually told you this. I've told my audience this. I've, uh, you know, I've, um, in my live stream. So I don't know if I've actually said it on the podcast. So maybe I'm saying it for the first time. I don't know. I practice gratitude a lot now. And okay. I'm not, I'm not religious. Uh, I don't really know what I am. I guess spiritual will be about the closest thing. Yeah. But every now and again, quite often, like week by week, I'll find myself sitting there just being like, thank you. Thank you for everything. All this. Thank you. Even even sometimes just like, oh, this food. Oh, this day. Oh, the sunshine. Oh, I got to pet a dog today. I don't know. You know, oh, I got to do this new acting gig, you know, every single time. And that's something I never used to do. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I'm never going to not complain again. I'll certainly try not to. And I'm, I'm, I try to look at life as the basics and if you got the basics then you know you're laughing i'm gonna nip that there 
Yeah, you go have on. every right. You have every right uh, to complain. No. This is what I don't. This is one thing that I think people really lose sight of. Again, life is not easy. It's true. And yes, if you live in a negative mindset, Bingo. then you're always going to be negative. However, you have every right with how fucked up this world is every now and then to say, do you know what? This pisses me off. Mm. Just don't live in it. Just don't wallow in it and make your whole life that. But I feel like people are too quick to be like, oh, I shouldn't be negative. No, if you want to tell the world to F off because you're having a bad day, you do that. That's your right. You've earned that that day. But don't live in it. Don't make it your life. Don't let it poison you. I've said the same thing to my audience quite a few times. Like it's the, I think it's good to get it out and then get up and, and get shit done yeah. still. Get back on the horse. But like, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel sometimes like when you do, not, I'm not going to say, it's a weird one. Like I think it's good to get it out of your system. But at the same time, when I look at the things that I complain about sometimes and then I look at my life now and how it used to be in a way i do kind of look at it and go you know what like this is ridiculous like what the fuck are you complaining about you know yeah things might not be exactly where you want them to be but you're working towards them and every now and again you get a breakthrough and it's like and i think going back to like the beginning of our conversation you know things take time i think if if you were given everything on a plate straight away you wouldn't know what to do with it you'd fuck it up yeah. You know, How I Met Your Mother, the show. Imagine if Ted had My got everything. Right, same. Imagine if Ted had got everything in season one. He he would have fucked it up. Right, do you know he why? He would, but do you know why? The, my biggest reason why I'm so glad he didn't get everything in season one. So I did a rewatch recently. I, I, <laughs> full disclosure, I I'm watched How re-watch. I Met Your Mother five times a year. At five least. times a year? Yeah. It's my favorite show of all time. That and the uh, the Office, the American version. And I'm that. very much like I like to put something on that I've already seen, mm. so I don't need to give it my full attention. So I go through show exactly. So shows like uh, How I Met Your Mother, um, The Office, Peep Show, things like that. I just I consistently go through. Um, and if Ted had got everything in season one, we never would have got the high. I'm Ted Mosby and in 45 days we're going to meet and we're going to fall in love and we're going to have two children and uh, I know your boyfriend's going to probably turn up and punch you in the face but I'm here because I want those extra 45 days with you man it makes me cry every single time when you know the context yeah Yeah, I just I honestly I'm in pieces every time I see that scene I'm like if Ted had got everything in season one I wouldn't have got that so scrap that it's it's like i feel like with that whole show like i've always used it as a good example because the whole point i mean there's so many good lessons there but one of the biggest points it's trying to make is you know to meet the right person you have to become the right person do you know what i mean like and it's, yeah. it's it's not about that you know you're not good enough right now or whatever it's more like if you look at yourself and you're really honest with yourself so for anyone listening that's that's met their partner and you know you're really loved up and you're happy think about who you were five ten years ago and then think about who you are who you were sorry when you met your partner like it's there's growth there and even like during the relationship you grow together you know you you become more compatible for each other you work at it you know it's it's a partnership but like that journey has to happen. I think you have to have certain experiences. Like right now, this the frustration for me with not having met someone is that 
like I'm ready. Like I know I am. I know I'm in the right headspace. I know I've become that person. But see, then again, on the flip side, maybe maybe I haven't. Maybe that I still need to do some growth. You know, it's it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing that show also teaches us that I think is is very, I kind of realized on my last rewatch, I was like, it toys for so long with the idea of Ted finding his, his soulmate. Right. Mm. He finds two. Nah, Robin is not his soulmate. Mm -mm. No. From the first denied, denied season. No, dude. To where we get at the end. People don't have to like that finale. Right. But let's let's be realistic. They they almost got there at the beginning. They had the break. He met the, the mother of his children. Was they he were not right for each other. But then they they're together at the end. Yeah, they ride off into the sunset together. Because like, well, okay, if we're being real, I suppose the we, story the story there is maybe it can happen later on when things have changed. Yeah. Circumstances are don't different. get me wrong. I but, think this is contradictory. This is this is an issue I have with the show, but yeah. it, it's something it does teach, and I'm like. That's interesting. I just I because remember you set like the show up the other way when they broke up. Like I think what, what was it? There was two things. One was uh, I think she couldn't have kids or didn't want to have kids, something like that. Might have been didn't want to have kids, didn't want to get married. That was it, and, and that's obviously that's wanted. that's Ted's mo, right? Which was fair enough as a breakup. Yeah, like... no, faith, totally fair. No, not hating on that, but obviously, many, many, many years later. I suppose, yeah, okay, you know, he's had kids, he's had a wife, so he's gotten everything he wanted, so now he can be with her, maybe. But then, I don't know, there was other things, like her career, like she's a career woman. Her career yeah. is her life. Um, that's not going to have changed 10, 15 years oh, down the line, yeah. right? She's still the same person, she's just older and, and circumstances changed. And this is yeah. why I felt like her and Barney were a better couple, because he got it, he had his own life. And when they broke them up, I was like, ah this sucks man like you built so long like painting them together as like working and it made sense and then you break them apart just as a plot device and it's like have you been watching how i met your father no right so i'm gonna i'm gonna bat for this now first season i wasn't sold i wasn't sold (laughs) second season i'm not completely chips in (laughs) but i can tell it's the same writers. Okay. I'm getting those, th- the charm is starting to come through. And very interestingly, I'm not going to spoil this for anyone that may be watching this and is going to watch it. They pick up with Barney after they've picked up on the aftermath, what he's doing now. Mm. Um, and as much as I do think the hit breaking him and Robin up was a butchering of everything they'd done on Barney's character development so far. Yeah. Seeing where he is now, I love it. I love it. He's really, it's from where they left him in the end of that finale, they really pick up on it. You get some closure between him and the situation with his dad when talking to Ooh. someone else about the situation with their dad. Um, you get some a bit more detail on, on Ellie, his, his daughter. Right, and, uh, yeah, yeah. and how that, that was is... one element I did like. Oh, like, it tears was... me up every time. Yeah, you are the like... love of my life. And... Yeah, oh, yeah, no, that's that. That was it sort of salvaged it a little bit. I think it, it did. But yeah. they they go into that. They go into how he is trying to change to be less of a sleazeball. Yeah. Um, and it's all just from one one episode cameo. 
kind of perform like guest appearance we'll say and uh i just i love barney he's probably my favorite character i think he's most people's favorite yeah, character the from the show uh but yeah it was quite nice to see how they've they've developed his character and it still feels very authentic i do have a question for you though like so i i have this question with a lot of people interesting which how i met your mother main male character are you ted hands down it's That's easy it's, i've been told by most romantic yeah that dude that what well, part of the reason why i love that show is because like as much as ted is over the top and dramatic that's exactly me as well overthinking getting yep. emotional da, 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 da. like he for example this is why how i met your mother shits all over friends because this is what they tried to do with ross but he was yep. an asshole yep. whereas ted like don't get me wrong he has some dodgy yeah, there are uh, some qualities. moments, man, later yeah, down the to, line. That has to iron it out. But he always kind of gets like, he learns a lesson. And then, see, that that was a thing. That was like, I'm not going to say there's no character development at all in Friends. But like, for instance, I feel like Ross gets progressively worse throughout the seasons. And like hypocritical. Yeah, and I Whereas think... Ted like irons out a little bit more. He gets a bit more. Yeah, he still fucks up and makes mistakes because he's guided by his emotions and his heart. But at the same time, he's, you know, he does learn and grow. Yeah. I think with Friends after season two, they drop any sort of idea of character development and make the entire premise of the show Will Ross and Rachel get together. That's, Which, that's all it becomes about. And it's just not interesting anymore. Well, well, that's the thing when at the time, obviously, like everyone else was like, yeah, I want it to happen, I want it to happen, because, you know, you get sucked in. And then you look at it as an adult and you're like, Oh, no, 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 no. This is an awful relationship. They're, they're very toxic. They should not be together. But do you know why it worked? Because it was week by week. What do you mean? You weren't binging it. So you uh, weren't like, can this fucking story just wrap up now? You were there each week like, oh, will it? Oh, more breadcrumbs. Oh, more to follow. Do you know, That's how it, it engaged its audience. That is a very good point. Like being able to binge watch a series now does totally change it. Like, I just finished The Sopranos, which, oh my God. Wow. Incredible show. Yeah. But that is a slog because it's like every episode is an hour, right? It's like a mini movie every single time. And you really have to commit to it. But I would imagine that TV show was super exciting to watch week by week when it was first coming out because it was like, you know, there was a connecting story, but also every episode felt very different, kind of like How I Met Your Mother. Um so it kind of like keeps you drawn in and you don't have to see, this is a problem I have. Like when, when they do this, for example, with like, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll do it with like Loki. They do it on Disney yeah. where like they have the whole series available, but they choose to do week by week. And I don't know about you, but I end up like forgetting like those recaps. So, I need that. Cause I, I just forget. So I have a really weird thing. You know how I am about comic books. Let's yeah. uh, let's get into that straight away. So, for instance, Secret Invasion just came out recently. A lot of people don't like mm-hmm. Secret Invasion. I did not hate Secret Invasion. Sorry, not sorry. But I did find that when I was watching it on a week-by-week basis, because I was more excited about what was coming next week, mm-hmm. that was very much a, a thing. After I, it, I'd watched it on a week-by-week basis, I watched it all the way through, and it wasn't as strong. 
because I'm like, there's no hype, there's no See, anticipation, they and also they me. butchered it at the end. They've right? lost me. Like I'm about to finish it soon, but I'm like putting it off because I know it's the shits. But I know what's happened. Like, okay, can we go spoilers? Can we just go into it? I right, spoiler warning for spoilers. the Christian podcast. Spoilers. Spoilers. Right, I warned you, so don't have a go at me. Don't at me. So, as I understand. We well, we kind of already knew the whole arcing storyline is basically this scroll invasion happened in the nineties when Captain Marvel, you know, became a thing. Yeah. And now the storyline is, oh, so this means that you never know who's a scroll and who isn't. So maybe some of your favorite characters are still alive. Oh my god. And like the big reveal is that um uh War Machine Ro- Rhodes, whatever his name is. Rody. Um Rody is a scroll. But they yeah. said that I think the stuff online says that it dates back to Civil War, which is wrong. Right, I'm going to point this out because okay. this is a big thing in the Marvel fan base. The director is wrong, uh, and I'm, I, I know that's big. Of the director is wrong. The, the director of the series is wrong, and I know that's big for me. Mm. Some nerd on the internet. How on can, a, on a well, but how can the this. director be wrong? I mean, like, they're right. He it, says they, Civil so... War, right? <laughs> From from that from the only time that we don't see Rhodey with the leg supports that he needs after civil war yeah do you remember he needed those because yeah. vision shot him out of the sky the first time that we see him without him is captain uh falcon of the winter soldier and there's no explanation for why he doesn't need them right when Rhodey is saved at the end of Secret Invasion from the bunker they were keeping him suspended in, he has the leg supports. Ah, okay. So I the roadie in it. Secret right. Invasion does not have the leg supports. He's able to just walk. Mm. So I, so while the director's saying that, I'm pretty sure good old Kevin's going to come out in his snapback and be like, mm-hmm. I love Kevin Feige with all of my heart. He's going to come out and dispel us at some point because fans have literally picked it apart and said, no, because of the leg support, he needs the leg supports because his spine is fucked. Hmm. And also, I think as a fact, this is mad because this is like changing Sonic's design all over again. The Marvel fan base will not accept that it was a scroll that said goodbye to Tony. On yeah, that right, right, exactly. I'm not having it. That was Rhodey. That moment is that moment is like. 10 years of build-up that us as a fan base waiting for. No, I I'm hate not to break it to you, it. kid. Not I think he's it. just a very good actor. Not having it. He's a good not actor. But the, the leg support thing is the big thing of it because, yeah. like, he is dependent on them. They they knew they couldn't fix his back. Mm. Like, yeah, but if he's in an Iron Man suit, in, a war, in the War Machine suit, that does support him because it's a fucking yeah. hydraulic billion-dollar suit. But they when he's walking around normally, he always has the leg things on. Phase four in general. I spoke about um, this with, uh, shout out to Buckmeister Cole. Um, Hello, sir. I kind of feel like it's a bit of a weak story. Like, like, I suppose where this is headed is this could, especially if you consider that we've got the whole multiverse thing as well and the ability to traverse different universes there's a lot to explore there there's a lot oh, yeah. we, we could do with that um i'm excited about all the potential with the x-men stuff you know i think there's a lot of stuff you can flesh out there i think actually loki season two is actually going to hopefully pick up the momentum because everything else has been 
eh. You know, there's just kind of like, I, I yeah. feel like that the biggest issue is if the storyline is going to be by the time we get to like the next major movie, Avengers, whatever it will be. Kang Dynasty. Right. It will be like, are we going to go to the point where you get different people from different universes, but you don't know who's a scroll and who isn't? Does that mean you can bring back certain people? I don't so, know. all right, let me do this. Let me do my big nerd. Right. I've been wanting to do this for a while about phase four. I was actually going to do a video on this. I may still do it on the channel. Do it. Um, do it. Phase four has been very hit and miss. Um, That's putting it lightly. <laughs> it's, it, it's had some fantastic films like Shang-Chi, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll give you that. I personally didn't hate quantum mania but that's because i very much like its villain um they the made problem... him look like crap in that though he looked he was comic accurate in that man he looked that comic book outfit was pretty spot on. i'm not talking about how he looks he looks brilliant <laughs> i'm talking about how he's portrayed because so far don't, don't forget the first and i said this in the last episode mm. but where i spoke about this the t- past two introductions to this character now like Let's say you're not a comic book fan, right? Yeah. Or you, you know, you're just going on what you're being shown in the movies, right? Yeah. The first instance is Loki. In, Lo- in Loki, right? Yeah. He explains everything. He gets killed instantly. And then it shows you like, oh my God, like, you know, he's everywhere. And then it felt big. It felt huge, yeah. right? Fast forward to Ant-Man and he just gets punked out really easily. Now, granted, that's one in one specific universe. But still, it's like we're trying to build him as a threat. You know, look he's at how dead. look at how Thanos was built. Yeah, but he's not dead. In that specific universe, you mean? That one from Ant Man, he sure is he not died, dead. No, 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 no. He, you just pissed him off big time. He's, no, he's, de- he's in that specific one. He was dead. I'm sure of it. He's not dead. He's incapacitated. He's not dead. So millions and millions of metal ants can't kill him. No. He's Kang the Conqueror. He's shrunk again. Mm. He's shrunk even into a completely different uh, subsector of the quantum realm. Now, the what we're hearing, and these leaks are normally fairly accurate, so potential spoilers for uh, the upcoming Avengers films, but Avengers Kang Dynasty is going to deal with all of the Kangs that stopped that Kang, so Immortus, Ramatut, Silver Centurion, you know, when we saw the Colosseum of Kangs at the end, mm. will be about them because they're like, the Avengers are touching the multiverse, we've got to, we've got to stop this now. Um, and that will be that big one. At the end of it all, the Kang that was in Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, he will play the role of Doctor Doom in Secret Wars. Mad. So he won't be Doctor Doom, but he will be after this massive multiversal war goes on with the Council of Kangs and the Avengers from across the multiverse. Yeah. He will take reality and he will piece together what he can from incursions that happen of universes colliding into each other. And he will make one world, which will most likely be called Battle World as it is in the comics, because that's what it is in the Avengers Secret War comics. And it's called Avengers Secret War. Um, and from that, he will be God. And it will be down to everyone that he... Because he does save people. He saves entire sections of universes. He tries to make a functioning world. It will be down to those Avengers and everyone else, X-Men, to try and take him down, take the power of God from him 
and then from there the fantastic four go off and uh start recreating the universe properly as it that's how it goes in the comics except it's dr doom not kang but the leaks are suggesting it will be kang that takes that dr doom position so it's all making sense it's just how it's intricately woven Mm. And I think the problem they have with the multiverse stuff, and it's something that I've always said I was worried about, is I've been following this for a long time, man. I've been following this shit since before it was MCU, as you have as well. Like, when it was, you know, we have Sam Raimi, Spider Man, those awful Ghost Rider movies, the original Fantastic Force, all that, right? You can't just give me fan service anymore. You can't just dangle the keys in front of me and say, oh, look at this character from this universe. I'm not buying it. That's not enough to sell me. I agree. I agree with that. Doctor I Strange hated, and the Multiverse of Madness. Hated it. Hated I loved it. Reed Richards, John Krasinski. Yeah. I loved seeing Professor X back. But you, I loved seeing Black Bolt back. That, that, it's not enough. Professor X got punked out straight away, and I was just like, oh. She's... Yeah. She can do that. I'm not being funny. She just, can do that. Uh... She's that powerful. In the comics, like, uh, yeah, no, Charles I... is, when she goes mad yeah. and she's like destroying realities in the House of Empires, Charles is a... like trying to keep her asleep and I don't barely a... do it. I don't have a problem with that. I, I accept that Scarlet Witch is a really um, powerful character. That's, that's no problem. The yeah. issue I have is like, you introduce this, you know, reintroduce this huge character and then just kill them off straight away. Do you know what I mean? It just feels a bit... It's because none of those characters are going to be the main cast. Like, yeah, John Kaczynski isn't going to be Mr. Fantastic in Fantastic Four. Uh, Patrick Stewart isn't going to be the new Professor X. Although, apparently, now there's rumours they want to pull McAvoy and Fastbender back, and I'm like, please just stop cherry-picking stuff from other universes that you want to keep here, because it doesn't... Continuity-wise, this doesn't make sense. And this is kind of what I was going back to before. Stop dangling keys in front of my face and make it worth something for the plot. Like, Mm. Toby and Andrew was one of the greatest cinematic experiences I've ever had in my life. I didn't think anything was going to top Cap getting the hammer. And then, like, two years later, Mm. oh, shit, that was the same level. Okay, people, like, screaming with happiness in the cinema. Love it. That's great, but now I want it to matter to the plot. Mm-hmm. If you're going to bring these people in, let it have something to do with the narrative of the film besides fan service. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine coming back for Deadpool 3. Great. He's got the comic outfit. Oh mm-hmm. my fucking God, I'm so on board. As Ryan Reynolds said, we're not touching Logan. This is separate from that. Fine. That's what I want. Don't just dangle it in front of my face for the sake of it. Do something different. Don't ever fuck with Logan because that film is an absolute masterpiece. Just do something. So this is its own thing. And this is going to go in. This is MCU now. So will Hugh Jackman keep coming back? Who knows? But let's just make it plot centric. Don't just be like, here's Hugh Jackman. That's what I want. That's what I want going forward. <laughs> Ran over. I agree, man. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to switch things up massively well, and throw something at you that I, I'm not really sure how you're going to react to this. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you don't want to talk about it, we, we don't have to talk about okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. So you've been on the show seven times. Yeah. We've spoken about Sonic at nauseum. Of and course. I, I, lo- I love talking about Sonic. Don't yeah. Be wrong. One thing I've never asked you about 
which I've I've only really learned about this in the past year because I've been kind of looking into internet law. Okay. Doing my research. What are your thoughts on Sonichu? <laughs> and do you know when I was sitting down writing the question, I was thinking, does he know about this? And I'm like, of course he knows about this. Like, how can you not know about this? But I he, do. Here's um... the thing. Here's the thing. We don't have to go into anything about Chris Chan because that's a whole yeah. show waiting to happen. I want to kind of focus more specifically on this character as it pertains to Sonic, okay. as it pertains to like issues of copyright, stuff like that. So like looking at okay. your, your just kind of general thoughts on this character. Um. I mean, I don't. I should probably preface this before we get into saying I don't speak on behalf of uh, Sega. None of what I say is representative of anything that Sega says. You know, the the the, the standard disclaimer. I'm speaking as my own individual. Um, I I implore creativity. I think it's great to like if 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 copyright was a complete thing, I wouldn't be able to sit here and draw pictures of Sonic and characters and things right. like that. Like, so I I completely support ones right to create their own things um as to some of the the content that this the solitude went down and surrounds it that is not my cup of tea mm. um i mean no discrimination towards anyone whose cup of tea it is it's just it's a weird one it's a, it's a relic from a bygone internet age isn't it and the problem is it's become so intrinsically linked with how problematic um, Chris or Christine Chandler is. I'm not sure which one's going by now. So I mean, no offense by using either one. I know Chris has, it's got, it's been Chris, it's been Christine, it's been Chris. It has flip flop back. So I think, Um, so Christine still goes by Chris Chan because obviously Chris is short for Christine, but they identify as she, her. Okay. So I, I meant no offense, um, of course, but yeah, um, very problematic individual. Really can't support any of the stuff that's come out recently. And again, I didn't, I didn't want to focus so much on that. Yeah, like, no, I know I think... completely, but it's so difficult to separate them. Well, okay, because if I think Sonichu, I think of the picture with the chain around their neck, the huge Sonichu chain that oh yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Wore, right, yeah, 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 that's the first thing my mind goes to. Well, Which I is... just okay. There's a few things I want to explore with you on this because this is more where I want to kind of guide the conversation. Because yeah. I knew when I was going to ask you this, there'd be some interesting stuff to flesh out here. So, yeah. talking about copyright, and I, I've had like disagreements with my housemate over this because we like to talk about this quite a lot. Yeah. And um, he, one time we were sitting there playing uh, Mario Kart, right? And it almost turned into an argument because he That's was like, up. he was adamant that. Uh, Chris Chan was able to claim sort of like some ownership creative rights over the character. And I immediately was like, no, what do you mean? It's owned by Sega and I suppose Nintendo, Pokemon Company, whatever, right? Like, so they can't possibly make any money off of it, but they have (laughs) consistently. And apparently there's something in law that actually protects this. I don't, (laughs) excuse me. I'm not an expert in copyright law. No, me neither. But but like, there's there's something out there which 
because it's um kind of like it's from what i read it's like something along the lines of like transformative content but i'm just surprised over the years that considering the fact that chris chan has made money uh through the comics through various other things they've done with this character selling merch and right i'm surprised that nintendo or the pokemon company never sued them or or kind of made a claim or something I like mean, that blows yeah my mind. i'm not sure I mean, I, like, it's, it's, I drew a picture of Sonic in Spider-Man suit. So his own, like, mm-hmm. it's a full head shape, but, like, it was the full Spider-Man cool. suit. I thought it was quite cool. Um, and I I did the proper spider symbol on there, like, on the center of the chest. Mm-hmm. And I suppose if I tried to make something off of that, Disney could turn around and say, that logo, yep, that's ours. Mm-hmm. But, and that Disney would go for you. And Disney would absolutely hundred percent go for it. But then, well, to be fair, I've seen some clothing companies recently that are producing stuff. That I'm like, yeah, the, the the copyright owners do not know about that clearly because otherwise that'd be straight off. The, probably just trying their luck. As, oh yeah, uh, yeah. How long I they think that's a lot of it. it. Yeah, because all they'll get is a cease and desist to start. Probably. Well, so it's like, do you remember? And if you stop. Do you remember when we were growing? I mean, okay, this is a bit different. But remember when we were growing up and we used to go to Camden Town and there was like all those bootleg you know, Metallica t-shirts, for example. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I got, like, so many of my bootleg shirts. And they were great quality. But, yeah. But, like, they were all bootleg, 100%. Oh, yeah, of course. But you don't really see that anymore. Like, they, they've kind of ironed that out quite a lot. Yeah, a little bit. I think but the you, music you just... industry has kind of taken hold of that because they're, they're not making money from music anymore they are making money from merch and stuff like that which is so mental isn't down. it when you it think is. about that like the music industry and you don't make money from music literally anymore. spotify what? pay your artists more yeah. jesus christ 0.0001 penny per play Man. the whole reason they're using your app is because of these artists come on give them more money um let's bring it back to sonic what do you think the future holds for the franchise because obviously I think the last time we spoke, it had hit 30 years. So, yes, I think we're on 32 now this year. Right. So, like, so where, 31, 31 last time we spoke. So where can we really go forward with this? I mean, Sonic has, Sonic is probably more popular now than he ever has been. Um, the movies. Based on what? Just like the money movies. and the movie. Okay. He's a household name again. He is completely a household name again. Kids are, I've never seen so much sonic merchandise out there you know i'm you go into a tesco now you will find sonic toys um like kids are eating this stuff up every kid is getting sonic stuff for home i you know i see kids going to school in the morning when i'm on way to work with sonic backpacks and stuff like that walking past the office like bigger than it's ever been um we've got the third movie coming next year i was was going to ask you about that yeah so it's happening yes so december 2024 shadow the hedgehog will be Making his live action debut. So he'll be the villain, surely. Yeah, I think they're gonna do Sonic Adventure 2. I don't know, but I'm from what the writers have said online, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be Sonic Adventure. I, th- 2. I think I think the logical move there is bring in Shadow as a villain, and then they're definitely gonna go for some sort of like Sonic Universe deal, aren't they? Probably. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, the, you've got the well. Knuckles show coming. Um yeah. The spin-off show from the movie with Idris Elba as Knuckles on Paramount cool. Plus. That'll be coming soon. Um, and then you've got movie three. They want to build a Sonic Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't know this. I don't have insider info, but like just from what I'm seeing from how they're building this and spinning off stuff, 
I, I would love for us to get like a shadow movie down the line or something like that. I was going to say, that would be a no-brainer, I think. Yeah. Especially, that- especially with like how how it looked years ago like I, I remember you playing the like that ps2 game to death and yeah it, it still holds up all these years later like the character is very intriguing like also just from a visual standpoint because obviously all the sonic characters somewhat are like visually reminiscent of yeah of sonic um Shadow Shadow is the most obvious example of that. Like, yeah, it's uh, almost but, like the antithesis to him. Yeah, way. it's it's an intri- it's an intriguing kind. Of, there's a lot to explore there from a story I mean, perspective. One thing that I think is really interesting is uh, Jeff Fowler, the director of the Sonic movies, worked on the cutscenes for Shadow the Hedgehog the game, Ooh. which are some of the most beautiful cutscenes we've had in the series. They're very CGI, very beautiful. Um, he knows this character very very well, and a lot of people were a bit critical that they've skipped Sonic Adventure 1 in terms of the movies and gone straight to Sonic Adventure 2. And it's like, no, it it makes complete sense. Shadow is the second most popular character in the entire franchise. Wow, really? And yeah, he's every time we poll it, he's he's the second after Sonic. Is that based on merch sales as well? Or is um, that just... just general polling, asking. Okay. Nearly like every year or so. I see the the Sonic social media is putting out something that's trying to gauge this interest, or mm. you see a YouTuber do it, or something like that, and it's always Shadow second to Sonic. Okay, that's interesting. It makes sense for them to capitalize on this, um, and because Jeff Fowler knows the character so well and loves the character so much, I can't wait to see what comes out of this man. Like the concept art for the post credit scene in the last film in Sonic Two, it had Gerald Robotnik full of bullets up against the wall like they had him fully facing the firing squad and everything and that didn't make it into the movie but it seems like they're pretty dedicated to the dedication to the source material i love that you call him robotnik as well oh yeah that's his name here brother same so that's it so this is i i've i always have to explain this to like the general audience because people don't understand this but dr robotnik was his english name his western name right Ah. Uh, in Japan, he's always been called Dr. Eggman. Oh, wow. And, I never and knew And then this. in Sonic Adventure 1, he was still called Robotnik, and Sonic called him Eggman as an insult <laughs> to take the piss out of him. Robotnik decided from that point, instead of Sonic being able to use it as an insult against him, he was going to own it. And then it wouldn't work. Sonic's jabs wouldn't hit him. So from then on, he calls himself Dr. Eggman. He is still Dr. Robotnik. He just refers to himself as Dr. Eggman, so Sonic can't take the piss out of him. Oh, there you go. Learned a bit of Sonic lore. A bit of Sonic lore. Yeah. Because I knew there was something there where they, like, rebranded it or whatever, but, like, I didn't know that specifically. Yeah, that's the whole reason. All right. There you go. Um, (laughs) As we kind of, like draw things to a close i've got like a bunch of different questions i want to ask you um i'm sort of like testing out questions i guess so you're my my test subject okay (laughs) but it's fun stuff i don't know like i i have like this list of questions it's like it's i suppose i i kind of prepared it like literally i'm not i'm not kidding there's like loads and loads loads oh wow okay yeah it's, it's like in the event that like if i ever don't have a show prepared or it's like a last minute deal or i just don't have anything to ask a question uh ask of my of my guest i'll go here because a lot of the time with with questions it's you know you riff off them 
Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like you, because I think this is the interesting thing about interviewing and discussions is as long as you're invested in the conversation, you can ad lib, you can guide it, whatever. Like you just need these as like starting off points, throwing off points. Yeah, of you course. Know? And if there's stuff there, you can flesh it out and go and move with it. If there isn't, just keep asking till something gets rolling. You know? Yeah, no, I feel that completely. But I did want to ask you this because I think this is interesting. Earlier, yeah. you mentioned about making mistakes and how you've learned from that. And I yeah. heard this beautiful question the other day and I totally am stealing it. What's the biggest mistake you've made that you've learned a valuable life lesson from? Hmm. I would say I made quite a lot of uh, financial mistakes in my time. Uh, I like spending money, particularly when I don't really have it. Same. That big, big problem that a lot of us face. And someone said this to me when they were my age now, and I wish I had listened to them. Start saving. They said this to me from when I was about 21. Start putting money aside because you don't want to get to your 30s and then start saving. Because it's so difficult. And guess what? Yeah. I did exactly what they uh, <laughs> what they told me not to do. And I can get tell from your face, uh, you're probably... It's not like I life. haven't tried. No, it's, it's, uh, there's been times you know when I've it's actually so had difficult. savings. Yeah, and then just life, stuff happens. Yeah, life just life gets, gets in the way. Yeah. And no, I completely it's, get it. It's not easy. But you know what? If you're if you're in your early twenties and you're not paying rent to be at home, for instance, and you you know you're working a full time job, and while you could piss it up the wall all weekend, just try and put some money aside every month because honestly, even if it's a little, that adds up. And when you get to my age, you'll be like, I actually have something to sit on to start planning for my future. Because Jesus Christ, man. It's difficult. <laughs> it's not easy. So yeah, that would that would be. I've made I've made some awful financial decisions in my past, and I would say make better ones. That that would be my piece of advice. Not easy, but try. What is the most unexpected piece of advice you ever received? Do you know what? This is going to sound really sad, but it was a TikTok. Mm. was a tiktok and it was of john cena oh cool it's the best piece of advice he'd ever been given and it was i'll give some context to it it's because i feel like this has kind of been lost in people's work ethic in general recently because i think we're we are part of a more empowered kind of demographic now where we're like no we won't be treated like shit in the workplace and actually we know we do want these conditions and these benefits and stuff like that so it's kind of unheard of but i don't think it detracts from that lesson necessarily but john cena said be the first person to turn up mm. work harder than everyone else and be be uh give out the same energy as you receive and i was just like yeah because i kind of do that and it's something that i didn't really expect to hear so much because I said, we, we are kind of getting in this thing now of like, rightfully so, we expect more from an employer. But I think also there are some cases on the internet where that gets pushed to absolute extremes, where there, there is a very, very small, very, very, very small 
amount of people that are just like I, I well I'm just going to clock in and do the bare minimum I can until it's my moment to clock out and I'm going to take my money and I'm going to go home and I'm just a bit like yeah you can do that and you're perfectly within your right to do that that you get paid for what you do but when it comes to things like wanting future opportunities within a company and stuff like that doing things like being the first one there and making sure you are the person working hardest goes a long way definitely goes a long way what quote most resonates with you it's a quote from shadow the hedgehog in sonic <laughs> and it is a quote i live my life by and it's going to sound kind of corny but i'll give a bit of an explanation to it and uh, it's if the world chooses to become my enemy then i will fight like i always have and for me it's a question of your morals and it's like if, even if the world decides that you are then the enemy you keep sticking up for what you believe is right you keep doing the things that help other people you keep you keep going because the struggle is real but when you come out the other end of it do you know what i mean it, it'll mean something and that's kind of what I try and live my life by. You know, if, if the whole world tomorrow decides that I'm the enemy now, well, I'm going to keep putting out the same positive energy I'm trying to put out. I'm going to keep putting in the same amount of hard work and dedication that I can. And nothing's going to change for me. I hope, you know, things will improve, but I'm not going to change who I am in this, in the face of what everyone else wants to throw at me. Within reasonable limits. Let me, but let me just caveat that. Because, you know, as times change and we do become more tolerant, more open to more things in the world, you do have to ch change your perspective. Probably good once a year to just take a look inward and be like, where do my morals sit on certain issues now? Hmm. Like, for instance, if you think in the 90s, right, when we were born, gay marriage wasn't a thing. It, it wasn't particularly accepted. No, not at all. Look at it now. I wouldn't ever question it. Mm. Fuck yeah, let, let gay people get married. Love is love at the end of the day. Who get but we that wasn't the way we were taught in the nineties. And if you think well, it's like a twenty year shift. That's year the, shift. that's the thing though. Like I feel like with our generation, I We yeah, always knew. We always there, knew it was okay. Yeah, there was no like issue. there was the whole thing like when we were at school where like the word was kind of used in a derogatory manner but uh, do you remember like for a while it was kind of popular to use the word but it meant more like something is crap like this thing sucks yeah and there were there were yeah. people at like, our school that were that were gay that would use that word as well and i then... actually once had an interaction in school where i like full transparency i, I quite offended someone oh wow okay because I was using, they were gay, and I mm. I used gay in that way. Yeah. Um, and you know, if that person's watching now, I really do apologise again. That was never my intention. But I do think as well, what we do need to think about with that is that word did mean something different when it was, it was being shift. used in that way. It wasn't ever in regards to a a, a homosexual individual. Yeah, I feel like you know only, what I mean. There was only but a small it amount of people that ever actually thought that way. Yeah, like, but then I mean, what happened? Well, we there was behavior. There was a shift. You remember the assembly? Yeah, yeah. we stopped the using it. The awkward, horrible assembly. That was awful. But that's it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Times change. So, as much as what I'm saying, I do live by that quote. I do think it's very important to 
maybe reevaluate once a year, every six months, and just be like, actually, how how is society changing? How are my views changing? How can I be more? I think that's solid. Like one thing I've noticed is the world will always change around you, and you have to adapt. Yeah, but if your heart is in the right place, I feel like that adapting process is very easy. Yeah, I agree. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like for instance, if you take like the gender whole, the whole gender pronouns thing, like I get a bit like I'm not gonna lie, I get a bit confused sometimes. But if someone turns around to me and says, "Oh, can you just use this?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure," and that that's it. Do you know what I mean? It's not really a big yeah. deal if you just kind of like show respect and just be understanding. I never list mine, and I feel like it's because it's an area that I know very little about. I'm not affiliated with it in any way that's not that's not me saying i'm opposed to it but like it's not talking about me and therefore i feel very strange giving my opinion on something which doesn't affect me at all and like for me to put like he him on my profiles i feel would be kind of virtue signaling because it's nothing that i involves me um okay, and well, i feel like it would be di- not maybe not virtue signaling, but i feel it'd be slightly disingenuous of me to start doing that well, because i'm just advocate, not educated do, enough do you, do you not feel that maybe it might show that you're in support of this thing you know like you, you i support... understand that but what is the support of a straight white male to someone like that do you know what i mean like what, well, what, what i mean it's, I it's, 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 what it shows that, do i have it shows you know? that you take the whole concept seriously like you, you i know, do you... i i think i do but i just don't want it to come across as like i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about in that regard i'm not educated in that i'm not it's the same but like, then people might say well why don't you educate yourself and i if I have a conversation with a trans individual, uh, which, you know, I do on a regular basis, you know, that is me learning and educating myself. Mm. But I'm also, I just, I don't know. I feel like in the same way, it's not for me as a white male to go, I can, I can stand up for racism, uh, stand up against racism, but I can't, is it really for me to be out there saying, telling people what's what i'm not the one affected by it it's for the people that are feeling the negative shit to say this is how i want society to change it's not for me to say how i want society to change in that regard because i'm not feeling it i don't understand it i don't i can't have that full grasp of the situation because it's not happening to me i can only be told i I can't experience it and therefore is it completely genuine of me to go out and tell other people how to amend their behavior in that regard. I don't know. I'm asking the question. Maybe it is. Maybe that is, that is something that I need to do as a person. And do you know, if any, if any of your viewers uh, want to comment on this and let me know, because you know, I genuinely don't know my place in the world on this one. I actually, I've checked my stats. So fun fact in, I don't know on YouTube, but I do know my audio listeners about, it's eight or nine percent of my listeners are non-binary, okay, which I found awesome. very very interesting. Um, hello, and um, I I don't know. Like I think with this, like I've I've come across this every now and again, and I've had some interesting conversations over the years. And I think the biggest thing I've kind of learned is just kind of try to show your support for things. Do you try to educate yourself with things? I I get some of where you're coming from. Like I I think that like you know i'm not gonna sit here and, and ever 
pretend to be like an authority on these things like i'm just learning like yourself but i think it does help like i'll give you an example right when i do live streams occasionally you get people come in and they say like hey do you support trans do you um what are your pronouns etc and um i just i just say what it is you know i just go like he him and yes i do and mm. you know and i found that that's been quite positive i found that uh, there's been people who've kind of found i suppose my live streams as as being like a like a safe place yeah i like so that. so i think that like especially because you know you've got a community as well and i don't yeah. doubt that there's probably people in your community that are non-binary yeah and would kind of appreciate that from you but i do also understand that like that doesn't mean that like suddenly you just change everything up and like you know become an expert on this it's like i suppose it's you do the necessary education and you always yeah. just kind of keep your ears and eyes open and you just do yeah. your best isn't it? i mean i had i actually had one of my trans viewers reach out to me um oh, cool. this last year and they asked if i could make a a trans version of the term hatchling okay uh, which is what i call my subscribers and i actually said no i'm not going to do that because at current point hatchling doesn't mean male or female hatchling is completely inclusive yeah like it doesn't neutral. matter what you are you you are a hatchling you don't even have to be human to be a hatchling you could be an entire different species you could be a chicken you could be chickens <laughs> in the hatchling empire and i was like i don't want to create barriers yeah i get what you're saying I, I want that to be a completely all-inclusive thing and i think my stance on all of these things in the in the world at the moment is um do what makes you happy i have no issue with anyone doing anything that makes them happy mm. as long as it's not hurting anyone else Same. and what i would really stress is if you think it's hurting you like if you think someone identifying as the other sex is hurting you or you think that someone loving the same sex is hurting you it's time to reevaluate because how so, is that yeah. really hurting you? Well, it's like, it's like I, I was telling a friend. You anything. I was telling a friend this the other day. Like I, I worked in this place, and we had someone join our team who uh, was trans. So they mm. um, used to identify as a girl, and now they identify as a boy. Yep. And like my manager at the time just kind of pulled me aside and said, "Hey, just so you know, they go by these pronouns." okay and i'm like yep yeah and that, and that was kind of it and i remember there was someone on my team who was like sort of struggling with that and i was like well you know what's the problem and they were mm -hmm. like well you know like i see a girl when i look at them and i'm like okay but is it really that hard to just switch you're gonna make mistakes don't go wrong i make mistakes oh but, yeah like you just it's a broad new landscape isn't it you, know? you just you just correct yourself like i always <laughs> think back to that old super old episode of star trek ne um ds9 or something i think it hmm. was and um so yeah star trek's always way ahead of this shit so there was a character who i guess was non-binary non or like they had this this thing where there's a species that's oh this is like really nerdy it's yeah. like a sim symbiote species where the 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 there's like a host and then the the actual organism so the organism yeah. Uh, obviously gets different hosts so in one life they are male they might have a male host then they have a female female host. Like venom right? essentially or yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly um except that the host is is like different genders etc yeah. so this klingon meets this character called Curzon 
Dax, I think that, that was the name of the character at the time. And they'd previously met this character as a male. And they were like, oh, it's my good f- friend. Da, 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 da. And they, and they, they, he, he calls Dax by their former name. Oh, okay. And so then Dax then says, oh, well, now it's Curzon Dax. And he's just like, he stops for a second and he goes, ah, it's my friend, Dax. Okay. Like, what embraces them with the new name. Yeah. And it's like, that's a perfect example of just like how easy it is. Yeah. You know, just that. Done. It is, I think, I think it's a very tricky topic in the sense of uh, what I was saying previously about we're too divided. There's too much attacking. Just sit. If you have really like anti-trans views, sit down with a trans person for an hour and just have a conversation. Don't I think, argue I think with prob- each other. Don't shout problem, each other. The problem with that specific viewpoint is that like those people are not willing to to have the, those kind of conversations. And no, sit down they're and not. Listen. But that's the problem. That, right. But, but that, I don't know that that specific. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. To that overarching point. But you're always going to get people like that in society. Of course. You know, there's always going to be people at the fringe who just kind of have extreme views or whatever, and there's just no getting through to them. I mean, all you can really do is just keep trying to educate people and keep trying to just to have that open dialogue and and welcome people as well. Like, Never push people away and just be like, you ever want to talk? We can talk. But we are always going to have that divide, as you say. But -hmm. if we could improve that by just 1%, Absolutely. Just one percent more conversations. Think how much hate is eliminated from that. Mm-hmm. It makes an impact, man. It's it's literally the whole thing of like the, the beat of a butterfly's wings and creates you know, creates a tornado halfway across the world. The the little actions we can have, I think, as a species by sitting down with each other and having that conversation, even if it's only a tiny amount that goes on, just somewhat slightly improves the world we live in. This is why because I remember a few years ago, um, someone criticized me for being a fencer and for not taking stands on certain things. And it comes from my fear of confrontation. I hate confrontation. Exact same and I, and I still, like my way of functioning is, no, if we're going to have a disagreement, we're going to sit down and talk about it. You know, I will wait until you're not angry anymore and then we can talk about it. I'm not going to have a fight. That's not yeah. how I work. And I refuse to be a part of that. But I do understand people being angry. At, like you, you do have to take a stand on yeah. things. Sometimes you have to take a stand. And so that's something I've been attempting to do more and more. Uh, I don't like actively get involved in the fight, you know, yeah, but, um, I'm the same. I, I avoid things like politics and religion as much as I can. Um, because, you know, it's, it's beliefs. It's, I try to focus on like myself and 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 just putting out something positive to the world. Yeah, like obviously. those are your beliefs; these are mine. Yeah, like we don't I, have to agree on them. Let's, right, let's move forward. Yeah, right, I'm exactly the same. But sometimes there are certain beliefs that people have that, like, I feel like as a society we can all kind of agree or wrong. Like, for example, racism. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. There's no room for it. But <laughs> there's there's always going to be those people that that just don't get it. And you, I think you do kind of have to take a stand on those things. I mean, I, this is just my personal opinion. I, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Of, you know, 
But one thing I, I think should be stressed is in this uh, new age that we live in of much more mental health awareness. Um, Getting there. Don't put yourself in the firing line. Not saying that you shouldn't at all, t- like at all. Like if you, I know you, there you are mean. things you should stand for, but do not let your own mental health go to shit because you are constantly putting yourself in the firing line of fighting someone else's cause. You matter. You're important. You need to look after yourself or you're no use help fighting any cause whatsoever. I'm the, I'm the same. Take that time. I, 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 I kind of quietly support things. Yeah. I'm you know, like I, that'll either mean donations or, or sharing things or, you know, like you won't really hear me come out and, and make like big compassion speeches and unless I really like the last time I did um I think might have been a stream where I was talking about trans rights. Um, because someone in the comments was just pissing me off and I was like, Look, listen, I support this. Get over it. Like yeah. this is this is how it is. Um But there was another time during during, you know, everything that went down in twenty twenty. Um I was doing a different show back then. Okay. And yeah, a very short-lived show. And there was an episode where we spoke about this and we all kind of impassioned, like spoke about it from the heart. And it was, it was a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, this is the right thing to do. You yeah. Know? I feel like it, it, not talking about it would almost be like bizarre. And I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's, I always just kind of like do what I can and, and just, let let the universe decide what's right you know i don't know yeah i'm still figuring I know, it out i completely get what you mean and i implore the people that that can really go out there and passionately fight for this stuff but like i said man like you can't fight for anything if you're not right yourself you can't give 100 if you're only given 95 yeah okay, do you know what i mean so you've got to look out for yourself so I understand that there's a lot of pressure on from both sides on on everything in life at the moment to to state your case or if you're not with me you're against me all that kind of thing. Don't worry too much about what strangers on the internet have to say when they're arguing with each other. Make sure you put yourself first. Make sure you are your number one priority. And if you've got the strength to fight, then go out and fight. But not physically, guys. Don't get into any violent spats we don't want that but go fight for what you believe in but if you don't have the mental capacity to do that if it's going to cause you harm take a step back take a more reserved approach you see it happen to a lot of people now a lot of people impassionately fight for this stuff online and eventually they just get to a state where they just they're just angry all the time because all they're doing every day is fighting and arguing and it just it's no good for the soul man you need to again what i keep what i said at the beginning it's about what brings us together and it's not about what separates us. At the end of the beautiful, day. beautiful sentiment to end it on, I think. Um, <laughs> final question as always, any upcoming projects or final thoughts you want to share? With oh, well, you know, um, I will always say I have content in the works. Will it ever come out? Who knows? I am planning on trying to get some bits sorted. Um, there is, of course, Sonic Superstars coming this year. I'm going to be reviewing that on the channel. I Really need to get around to reviewing Sonic Prime Seasons 1 and 2, so I am going to try and cook that up soon. Uh, If you're going to game shows towards the end of this year, if you're going to uh, EGX, MCM Comic Con, or Paris Games Week, 
I will definitely be at EGX and Paris Games Week. I might be at Comic Con. I'm going to try and get in through Sega. So please come and say hello at the Sega booths if you're around. I genuinely love meeting people from the internet and just, oh, God, that's, no, that sounds dodgy. I just genuinely love meeting you got like people that interact with the content and stuff like that and chance and that stuff. So come say hey. And yeah, nothing else to really, really talk about yet. But there you go. Stuff, but hey, ho. How do you feel? Good, man. Good. Good. I'm glad, man. Thank you so much for coming back on the show, man. Always a pleasure Thank to have you. Thank you for having on. me. Honestly, I love coming on the show. It's brilliant. I, it doesn't really feel like a show at one point. Do you know what I mean? It just feels like yeah. we're having a conversation and just like having a good old catch up. So I love it. That's 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 kind of like I've said this before. But that's 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 the aim. That's the goal mostly. Yeah. And obviously, every time it's going to be different. Obviously, we know each other in real life, and yeah. you know, so there's that element. But it's like. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I th- I think the interesting thing with this show is it's got a lot of faces, if that makes sense. Yes. So so it's it's about human interest stories. It's about interviews, discussions. It's about pretty heavy topics, fun topics. But then it's also like catching up with people, like checking in with people. You know, yeah. um, there's there's a lot of elements to it, and you know, sometimes I like go along the deep dark deep dives on certain topics with people and stuff and i don't know i i kind of just take every day as it comes with this show and i let it kind of breathe its own air but i think at first and foremost it'll always be discussions conversations you know like you said it's a time capsule yeah really is one of the things i love most about like i'll a year from now i'll probably see the the old clips come up from this on the on the feeds, and I'll be like, "Yo, yo, should we uh, should we get together? Should we do another one?" And it's you know what's mad. Away. You know what's mad. I so I always share um, old episodes, like the you know on like Instagram, like on this day, yeah. like it's to promote, obviously, but yeah. also it's nice because I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I forgot this conversation even happened. Yeah, you know, because one thing, just full disclosure, I never go back and listen. I ju- I just don't. So I there's yeah there's conversations I've completely forgotten about people I've forgotten about I know how that sounds not like I've forgotten them like I well I'll you look are at... two hundred episodes mate you are allowed to not remember every conversation well, like, I'll look back and I'll and I'll remind myself I'm like oh yeah this person and we had this conversation and they did this you know yeah. and it's 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 just it's it's pretty special I'm, I yeah. feel very grateful to get to do this no mate it, honestly the what you've been doing with it is amazing thank you I I genuinely love seeing the clips pop up. Um and yeah, it's just it, I, I'm very proud of you, man. It's great to see you, Thank you so doing much. this and and pursuing your dreams. And honestly, it, it's so lovely to see. And you know, even looking at where your content was to where it is now as well, and watching just how it's upscaled each, each year, it just goes up in quality, like oh, production quality, you. everything. It's honestly, it's it's fantastic to watch, and I, I really do love following your journey. And it's why. You know, as long as you'll have me, I'll always come back on. Always you're always, on you're always welcome. You. You're always, I think I think we should make it a thing as well that you always at least return once once a year. Like, yeah, I agree. To, have to, every time. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. thank you so much for your time as always, man. And uh, until the thank next you. time. Take care, my friend. And uh, take care, Christian Reed Podcast viewers. Subscribe yes. to the channel. Follow on all the socials. And if you want to follow me over on Climbing Hatcher on YouTube, go for it. You know, yes, my day. I'm literally like 50, 57 subs away from the big 2k. Damn, so if, if anyone wants to go help me out and give me a okay, subscribe, guys, I'd really appreciate that. Mission go subscribe to him on, on YouTube. 
and uh yeah oh, i better do a plug as well so come join my discord come join the patreon patreon.com slash christian reeve check out all the links in the link tree they'll be in the description <laughs> right there right there and uh yeah um thank you so much for listening for watching and until next time be safe be well and i'll see you in the next one